holding people accountable is so important yeah. because if you, you say, okay, yeah, I'll see you. Sorry. Mm. Sorry. I'll see you. Yeah. Sorry. If you felt I was being selfish, yada, yada. It almost reinforces that it's okay. Hey, hotty, and welcome back to another episode of To Be Honest, the podcast. Happy Friday. Hope you're having a really beautiful day so far. Hope you're out uh, being hot, whether that be out or be at home. Uh, <laughs> my name's Amanda. You can call me Ducky. Today, I am sitting across from my beautiful Bessie for the resty and co-host and roomie, Miss Kara Aridi. Hello. Hello. How are you going today? I am great today. We've had a productive morning together. Yeah, we did have a productive morning together. We uh, shipped out a lot of merch orders, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, they're selling fast. We are selling out of sizes. So if you haven't had a look or got your hands on any yet and you want to, definitely recommend checking out our website. Uh, It's in the show notes if you want to check it out. Yeah, we have two. We just released our two new um, tops. And as most of you know, we are not doing the podcast as of end of june anymore therefore Mm. this is the only print of the tops we'll be doing so there's a cream one and a black one with two different designs um yeah and we're loving how much you guys are loving them i'm so excited for people to start getting them and to see people in their tops me too because we have been wearing them for months and months and months months and months and loving them so Mm. yeah definitely get yours if you want a little something to remember the podcast by Today we're going to be doing an episode of Unprofessional Opinions, but before we do, of course, we need to share what we have to be honest about today. So, Miss Kara Aridi, what do you have to be honest about with me today? Okay, so today I'm going to be honest with both myself and you guys, and I'm going to kind of drag myself for a second. Okay, do I know this? I mean, it's not going to, it's nothing like specific, but you're going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. Right. I have not been keeping up with like the doctor's appointments and like with my my physical well-being stuff Mm. as I should be like I've needed to get a pap smear for like two years now it's bad like that is bad you should not miss your pap smears guys um and I've had to I'm meant to getting like blood tests to check my iron levels and I'm meant to be getting a new EpiPen but I haven't done that and everyone's mad at me about that because obviously (laughs) an EpiPen is a pretty important thing to carry around if you need one yes Anyway, which just by the way, I, I'm not like severely allergic. It's just that I have been told that I should carry one. Anyway. I mean, you had an allergic reaction to something, I, yes. Yeah, I did. Yes. But I have not had to use an EpiPen in the past, is what yes. I'm saying. Like, it's okay. not like I'm being super, super irresponsible. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's my, what I have to be honest about. And that's mm. my also little little um, push for anyone who needs to specifically get like a pap smear or something important done. Yes. To go and get it done. Don't be like me. Yes. Is basically what I'm saying. That's a, this is a great thing for you to be sharing to, for everyone to book their appointments. Yeah. That's good. Anyway, what do you have to be honest about? So I have to be honest about the fact that I think I'm a really good cat mum. And... <laughs> yeah, you, I'm not laughing because you're not. You definitely are. But this, you do tend to have this realisation every time you take the cats to the vet. Yeah. Poor little tiny chicken had to go to the vet again for his UTIs that he loves to get when he gets stressed out which usually coincides with me going away or I think this time it's happened because I smell like my friend's cat. Yeah, Ducky went away and she spent like the whole week at mm-hmm. our friend's house who has two cats. 
So he was anxious and he got a UTI. And the poor little thing. It's relatable. It's nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) He's on sedatives now. But when I took him to the vet yesterday, I just felt so proud because he was such a good, well-behaved boy. And then as well as that, (laughs) That's that's rare (laughs) (laughs) She said that he looks really healthy for his age because he's going to be 12 this year. And also, um, she said that he was striking. As in good looking. Yes. Obviously. (laughs) Thank you for (laughs) translating. Anyway, I just was thinking about the fact that I have had Tiger for 12 years Mm. almost and that I feel like I've raised him well, you know. He, he's a bit naughty and sometimes he, he shits where he shouldn't shit. <laughs> but... Look, he's, he's an animal. Yes. Then that is what they do sometimes. Yes. But so. otherwise, he's so cute and such a sweetie angel sweet. and I love him so yes. much. So and you are a great cat mom for sure. Thank you so much. Mm. Anyway, let's get into today's episode. Today is our second last unprofessional opinions of all time. That's actually kind of... Kind of makes me a bit emotional. If I'm Does honest. it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think the last cry. one's going to be emotional because it's like, that's going to be like, get your questions in, hope they make the cut. Yeah. Mm. Imagine if like no one submits questions because yeah. they're like, whatever. <laughs> they're like, fuck you. <laughs> These bitches aren't going to be around much longer. <laughs> anyway, today we have a whole bunch of questions that you submitted to us for uh, us to give you our unprofessional opinions and advice on. So let's get into the first question. This one is, do you have any tips for long distance friendships and relationships? Mm -hmm. Look, we both have long distance friendships and we have for many, many years Mm. because, um, well, specifically because we both moved away from our hometowns. Yes. Um, And I know that before you moved away, before I moved away, like I had you up here and I had like, for example, Bonnie and Em and stuff Mm. up here as well. What are your tips to begin with? Well, I think the one thing that I've realized, especially because one of my best friends, she lives in Tasmania and we've never lived in the same place, like Mm. our whole friendship, uh, because we met through the internet. Cute. (laughs) And I actually was talking to her about this recently when I was visiting her. I was saying, like, I feel like the reason why our friendship works so well is because we've really communicated the way that we would like our communication to be, you know, Mm. like we make a conscious effort to keep in contact with each other, but understand each other are busy and really are on the same page about how often we want to be talking and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, if that makes sense. And so I feel like my biggest tip for this is really sort of like being on the same page as your friends, because like it'll vary friend to friend. Like I have some long distance friends that I just talk to on the phone every couple of months and update them but I don't talk to them all the time whereas like uh, my best friend who lives in Tassie we like to be in a constant stream of communication Mm. and then like FaceTime once a month type of thing so yeah I think that's like my number one tip because I have found that to be really beneficial because we both know that we're meeting each other's needs in that way yeah I definitely agree that it depends on the dynamic of the friendship and like what each individual like you and and they need Mm -hmm. um and communicating that's definitely the best thing as well because 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 some people might assume that like oh texting is fine but some people might think oh i'd prefer to have a phone call once a week or mm. once a fortnight and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then you text here and there for little things and it's really just about like you know and, and if i guess like if one if you guys feel like you're kind of at odds there's mm. always going to be a middle ground yeah so it's like you know texting throughout the week but like you know communicating that maybe you don't have the capacity to reply straight away so you prefer mm. for like big things or like in-depth things to be on the phone and stuff like that yeah I completely agree with communicating thing. Shocker, communicating is the best way to approach it. <laughs> um, I also think that when it comes to long distance friendships, 
like it can be really important to like check in if you have the capacity obviously like Mm. just check in a bit more often than you like normally would because you don't have the context of being around them constantly Mm. does that make sense Mm -hmm. like you know if you go go to dinner with someone once a week or something like that or once a fortnight and they seem super happy and everything like that you will have the context of seeing how they feel and like seeing how they are to know like oh something seems a bit off like are you okay Mm -hmm. whereas if you're texting all the time or even sometimes over facetime you really can't get that actual understanding of their mood Mm. um it can be like really helpful just to be like hey like how's everything going? Like, how's work? How's your relationship and stuff Mm. like that. And just checking in and like giving them the chance to say, actually, like in the past few weeks, these things have happened Mm. or whatever, because I just feel like those things can very easily be like, it can be very easy for things to bank up over time Mm -hmm. when you are in a long distance friendship or relationship, because it's just a very, very different context to how you live your life as a friend. Does that make sense? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree. And I understand. Yeah, in regards to relationships, I kind of feel like it's like very similar, just a bit heightened because I think, you know, most people would agree that like a relationship you're going to have more expectations and mm. your needs will be greater. Like in my long distance relationship currently, like I, especially because I've never been in a long distance relationship before and I've never really been in a serious relationship at all before. Like mm. I think I've the biggest thing for me is like giving myself the space to recognize what my needs are and as they change because mm. especially I've found that being in a long-distance relationship in the honeymoon period is very different to being yeah. in a long-distance relationship now that my boyfriend and I have pretty much agreed that we're outside of the honeymoon period. <laughs> it was so funny. When he said that to me, he's like, I'm pretty sure like we're out of the honeymoon period now. And I was like, I felt like Maddie in that scene of um, Euphoria in the hot tub where she was like, I was going to say that, but why did you say that? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I agree that we're out of the honeymoon period, but what do you mean? Yeah. You're not, being, you're not crazy so in love with me anymore? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> His mom's going to listen to this episode and laugh at me. Anyway, <laughs> I I think that the, during the honeymoon period, you're like, cause, like, it's like any new relationship. You're so like wanting to be with them all the time mm. and talking to them. So like my boyfriend and I literally sat on FaceTime one day, one night. It was eight hours, <laughs> eight fucking hours. It's a work day. I was how did I was you even working find two jobs things to talk about? <laughs> I did two shifts in a day that <laughs> that night. Wow! And like that's unhinged, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. What's not? Well, but, but then you compare it to like if you see someone in person, yeah, and you could spend easily like a whole night together and just hang, hang yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, my point is that that is not what we do anymore. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it's like normal to let those needs ebb and flow. And also, like sometimes, like one of us is like we, like we communicate like when we miss each other more or when we're feeling like a little bit disconnected a bit more because the reality is I mean because it's long distance you can't just like go to get a hug from your partner and you yes. can't just go and have the physical touch or like the physical closeness like sitting in the same room and hanging out mm. is not the same as being on FaceTime for a couple of hours yeah. and so communicating that like saying like hey I'm feeling a bit disconnected like I'm really struggling this week I've said that to my, to my boyfriend before it's obviously the only option really is FaceTime or phone call or text, but like we kind of just try and make more of an effort to talk about that stuff and like see within the realm of what can be done, mm. like what we can do. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's really just about letting everything kind of like change and understanding, I guess your needs will naturally change mm. as time goes on yeah. and as like you go through things and you need help with things and mm. stuff like that. Okay, so our second question is, how can you better plan out your spending when your income or budget as a student is tight? And I think this question is good because a lot of people can relate to being like a really poor like uni student or a student mm. in general, but it also can just be like 
like the cost of living guys it's skyrocketing fucking crazy <laughs> like everyone can relate right now i think most people Literally. can relate to having to live like, on a budget like you're earning more money like right now i'd say i'm earning the most money i've probably ever yeah. earned in my life and i'm like but everything is more expensive yeah. so what the fuck is it even the point i know well that's the thing and they talk about how like wages don't go up in proportion with inflation and like mm. you know inflation kind of does come up quickly but anyway sometimes i go to the supermarket and oat milk is like five dollars fifty for a liter and i'm like mm. yeah what the fuck yeah or like a, pa- a bag of potato chips right now is like six dollars thirty yeah here's the thing the best way for me to eat healthier is when I look at like a bag of chips that I demolish in a night is like seven bucks. It's like, not I'm like, worth you know it? what? It's yeah. It's not worth me sitting on the couch and mindlessly eating these for mm. 10 minutes and them being practically finished. Yeah, anyway, that's not what this question's about, but um, I do think that it's relatable because I would, you know, I would argue that most people are trying to save a little bit more mm. or spend a little bit less. Yes. For at sure. The moment. Do you have any tips from any kind of perspective on this yeah well I actually I feel like this question is good timing because recently I have a few like major expenses coming Mm. up and in the spirit of transparency I've never been a saver Mm. I really have never like explored budgeting and stuff like Mm. that it's felt very very overwhelming to me to try and do that and recently I've been recognizing that you know I really need to start saving and also just start budgeting in general because sometimes like I'll be like, oh, I've got like $300 left for the week. How about I go out for dinner every night this week, right? Which is <laughs> and then like, all of a sudden you have no nothing left for exactly. like four days. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm actually exploring this right now. And I got some tips from some friends recently. Mm. Uh, both of them actually recommended the uh, percentage budgeting method mm. of like uh, budgeting a certain percentage of things to different things. So something like a, you know, bills thing, an emergency account uh, savings and a spendings mm. or something like that and uh, both of these friends said that with the spendings they really look at that as like the only money that they actually have to spend mm. on things and she's like they're like that's everything like that is going to get yourself coffee that is buying yourself a new pair of clothes that's going out for dinner yeah and so I think that that's something that I'm going to try and adopt is mm. like doing that and I feel like Uh, on any kind of budget the percentage method could be something that works Mm. because it sort of allows you to uh, realistically budget yes and in terms of like figuring out the percentage amount that you need to put in uh, both of these friends recommended that you like figure out your expenses for the month Mm. for like things like bills for example as like your number one priority and figuring out how much you need to put into that as well as figuring out you know how much you need to save realistically per week Mm. to be able to get the thing that you want to get or do the thing that you want to do and and those things being the priorities and then having the extra um when it comes to food because i know that like a lot of students can struggle with the food element Mm. sort of thing uh i think that you know food is obviously something that all of us spend a lot of money on i think that bulk preparing food Mm. is one of the best ways to do it and i found that when i'm like stressed out and busy which i know a lot of students are 
it can be a lot easier to spend money on like takeaway and stuff like that or like you know going to a supermarket and buying a pre-prepared meal rather than making it yourself which is a lot more affordable and so I feel like taking that time like even if it's like on a Sunday and you have five hours just to prep some really easy meals that you can like eat on repeat throughout the week Mm. sort of thing uh, and really focus on that I think that that is a good way to save money as well yeah because if you have things ready in the kitchen and like you know you've had a long work day or a long day at school or you're just in general like not feeling like cooking and you need you know something really quick and easy you're going to be less likely to order uber eats or less likely to go out to eat or whatever or get takeout i also think on the subject subject of food because i completely agree i spend my the most of my money is spent on food in terms of like Mm. when i have like my leftover money for the month because i get paid monthly I also think looking up, if you're struggling like to you know, get your grocery bill down a bit, looking up is a lot of, especially now with like all that's going on with like inflation and the cost of living and stuff. I've seen a lot of influencers, like foodie influencers doing like, here's a $2 meal or a $3 mm. meal, like a per serving kind of thing. You can look up stuff like that mm-hmm. and like they can get really good recipes. And obviously if like a food blogger is making them, they're usually going to be really good like mm. and filling and like, you know, you can look up different like. Um, nutrients and stuff like that if you're trying to make sure you get enough iron or you get mm. enough protein and stuff like that mm-hmm. I think that's a good way to look at it and I also think being realistic in addition to everything Ducky said being realistic is one of the most important things you can do because in my experience because I do this I all the time I still do it when I am giving myself spending money for because I again I get paid monthly which is kind of like I, I fucking hate it. Mm. It throws me off every month. <laughs> but um, when I look at like what I'm going to spend on like, like we're saying, like going out to eat, coffees, like mm. buying clothes and stuff like that, you need to be realistic because if you don't be realistic, you're going to end up blowing through it mm. and then you will start wanting to pull from your savings or your emergency fund. And that's how you start just like getting into the habit of just pulling from anywhere. And before you know it, you've spent like t- like twice as much mm. per week that you want to spend. Mm-hmm. So I think being like, okay, well, what have I been spending the past few weeks? And maybe like that could put it into perspective for you. Like, what? like that's a lot of money. Mm. Where can I cut back? What's realistic and what's going to actually make me stick to this and mm-hmm. make it feel like um, I can actually do it rather than making me feel like it's hopeless and like, why should yeah. I bother? Yeah. Okay. This next question is a long one. Strap yourselves in, mm-hmm. everybody. My boyfriend of over four years is very close with his family to the point where he visits them every day and has scheduled dinners with them four times a week, twice with his mom and twice with his dad. I end up getting the remaining three evenings a week when we can spend quality time together. I can't help feeling that it's a bit strange how much he needs to see them every week and that the total amount of time spent with them is more than it is with me. We've talked about it and he acknowledges that their relationship isn't typical, but he doesn't see anything wrong with it. He also recently told me that he doesn't... He doesn't want to do any longer travel as he doesn't want to be away from his parents for more than a month. I feel like there might be some codependency issues that he's not wanting to admit. Would love to know your thoughts. I'm struggling to figure out how to feel about it and whether this is going to be a deal breaker long term. Okay, I'm going to start with the fact that like people can have whatever relationship they want with their parents as an individual right Mm -hmm. but for me if i was in this person's this woman's um shoes it would be a no 
from me. Yeah, it would be a deal breaker for me too. That's not to say that it has to be a deal breaker no. for you. So I really want you to take everything we say with a grain of salt in that way. Well, just like, think about what you actually believe and whether you agree with us, whether you disagree with us, like that kind of thing, your feelings towards your partner and all that stuff. Yeah, I think that it can be really beautiful. Well, it is really beautiful to have a close relationship with your parents, obviously, if it's like a really nice, mutually beneficial relationship in that way. And I don't think that being close to your parents is necessarily a bad thing absolutely or not necessarily a deal breaker in any way i think yeah. it's the you're right the codependency that seems to pop up and i think the bit that does get me is that travel bit yeah because i think that says more that you're living that your partner could be living more for their parents than yeah. themselves and their relationship and maybe it's something where they don't know what they want and stuff like mm. that and maybe they they seem to need more guidance but it does seem like there is a very big lack of independence um yes. on their part also yeah i don't know it's just it's just a lot to think about i'll, I'll hear what you have to say Car. i agree with you like i think that it doesn't have to be a deal, break, deal breaker for anyone else but for me from like just this short message like you know if, even if we assume that like the rest of their relationship is absolutely perfect right mm. it sounds like this person's you know needs like it sounds like she doesn't enjoy the fact that she's only got three nights a week to spend with her partner Mm. and you know we don't know if they live together i don't think she mentioned that in this but like you know people have other interests other social you know aspects they need to do other friends other priorities like if you're spending four nights a week and it doesn't even sound like she's invited to these dinners that's what kind of also gets me i was thinking this too because the thing is, is like i actually think i agree with you like being close with your parents is absolutely not a deal breaker like one of the things that i love about my current boyfriend is that my current boyfriend like i'm like i'm predicting i'm breaking up with him my boyfriend is that he's very close with his extended family and i think that that is like a, such a good quality mm. but it's it feels different if you're not invited to these dinners and like totally. you know even if we take out the issue of how many times a week and how much time is taken up it's like are you not invited to these four nights per week like you're not allowed to go to one or two of them yeah and i also think like you know if you're if he's completely closed off to being like can you just do you know i mean maybe the issue is like they have, he has to even it out between parents but you know can you do three dinners a week or can you just do two one with each parent like i think that's fair enough well they, he still sees them every day well that's the, i completely forgot about that he sees them every day it's so interesting. Oh my God. Anyway, it, it, it's interesting. And like, yeah, without knowing the details, like it can be codependent. I think it can be like a little bit like maybe just still in that like parent child kind of dynamic and like mm. unable to get out of it. And like, I don't know, they, they could very easily be like guilt on the parent side. Like the parents making him feel guilty if he yeah. does things for himself, which is obviously not his fault and it's not nice for him Mm. but at the same time you do need to think about your needs and it sounds like you have communicated your needs and what you feel and like Mm. your concerns and he's not been receptive and maybe he's not been very um, willing to look and be self-aware about his relationship and what it actually means Mm. as an adult with his parents and like you've been together for a long time like over four years is a long time yeah if it were me I think the next step that I would take would be first of all asking if I can come to the dinners yes I agree to compromise on that time yeah Yeah. 
and then also be more involved and begin to maybe perhaps understand more. But mm. as well as that, I think that I would, you know, it sounds like you're someone who maybe does want to travel and do yes. a long travel. I think that I would try having that conversation of like, I really want to do this two month trip to wherever I want to go, mm. or I really want to do this six week trip or, you know, things like that. I really want us to work towards that. Is that something that you'll be interested in doing and you're willing mm. to compromise on? Because I think that those two things will give you an indication of whether this is a deal breaker for you mm. and whether you can put up with that like forever sort of thing. Yeah. And I do think like it would be interesting to me to know, like, you know, is it a set four nights a week, like a specific nights? Because I do think that if he's got four nights blocked out every single week, that means you can't have to fit your relationship into his schedule of three nights mm. a week. And I don't think that's necessarily fair as well. So I completely agree. I think like, provided that you want to spend time with his parents or whatever, like, you know, or that it's something that you're willing to try. I would inquire as to whether you can come. If he says you can't come, I think that's oh a huge, gosh. huge sign that something is not right. Yeah. But I would say that's, that'd be my first step to and go from there. But yeah. I, I completely agree. Like I would be thinking about this quite a lot as well. If it was my partner. For sure. <laughs> okay. This is a quick and easy one, but we did want to address it. So someone said when the podcast ends, will patrons still be able to access the bonus episodes on Patreon? Yes. So our plan at the moment is to leave the Patreon up for three months after the podcast publicly ends, just because if we end it and people haven't listened to all the episodes and they're not able to, mm. but people will still be able to end their membership whenever they want to. Yeah. So that's our plan at the moment yeah. uh, because we are aware it does charge you monthly and we don't want to just like keep charging people if they're not actually listening to the episodes, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. But it will still be live. You will still be able to access it and join it if you want to, if you want more episodes after we end the podcast and yeah. Yeah, I think like so anyone can join up, like anyone can join the tiers now and you can get it like we said before, like if you do the nine dollar tier, you'll get access to every bonus episode we've ever done. I think there's like almost forty on the Patreon at the moment. Yeah. And obviously by the time we finish the podcast there'll be another like six, I think. So yeah. almost fifty. It's a lot of fucking hours of listening time, guys. <laughs> and then with the um with the five dollar tier, you get two episodes a month. So it's obviously half the amount. Yeah. Um so yeah, anyone can access those. And if you sign up now, you get access to the entire backlog. Like yeah. you don't just get access from here on out mm. and you can cancel at any time. So and it, we'll obviously like just close the Patreon at some point. Mm. But for right now, you can get your TBH fix, even if we're not, not doing anything anymore. Yes. <laughs> Okay, next question is another long one. Wow, I'm being put through the ringer today with these long ones. So I've struggled with my mental and physical health since I was a young teenager and I've gone through different forms of treatment on and off since then. Things have gone downhill a little more lately and I'm not sure what my next steps should be. My parents have been huge support since I was young, but now as a 25-year-old, I'm trying to navigate recovery from a very different mindset and more independently. The problem is my parents still try to be super involved. I'm grateful that they want to be there for me, but sometimes I feel that they don't fully understand how my situation has evolved since I was young. I feel like I am always in a bad mood when I'm talking to them about things, even though they're just trying to help. I feel like I want more independence, but at the same time, I need their validation and approval for everything still. Do you have any advice or insight about how to navigate my relationship with my parents whilst having more independence? I have quite a, quite a few thoughts that, that immediately come to mind when I read this. So the first one is that 
our parents' generation, just like by default, will have a very different view of most things, but especially mental health. And it does sound like they've been really great so far. But like, you know, if we're if you're in a different part of your healing journey and stuff like that, and you're mm-hmm. like maybe trying different things or a different approach or whatever, you it, it, it's it's very likely that if it's a more modern approach or something that's like kind of come up recently mm-hmm. um they might not understand it they might not trust it and like i don't think that's necessarily like a bad thing on their end like i think a lot of us will find as we go through life that things get like new things are scary and we won't trust mm-hmm. them as easily but i do think that you know you need to be able to explore those because it is your mental health and it is your life yeah and understand that you know they're um I, I don't know like hesitance towards that stuff isn't necessarily on you at all yeah. the other thing is like with the whole you know you find yourself getting really um like angry or in a bad mood when you're around them I think it's very easy with parents to fall into this habit and this like mindset of just being in a like a bad mood I feel like with our family and specifically with our parents if we're lucky enough to have like a relatively close relationship with them mm-hmm. Because it's that unconditional love, pretty much. Like, I feel like we can often forget that, like, we wouldn't speak to others the way we'd speak to them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that especially if you feel like you're maybe a little bit, like, caged in with them or, like, they're a bit overbearing in some way, even if it's from a place of love, I see how, you know, your mind can just go straight to that feeling of, like, being annoyed and frustrated and, like, wanting them to leave you alone kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I think maybe like, you know, provided that they're provided that they are open to this kind of conversation, it might be good just like the next time, like, you know, your mental health comes up, or like your treatment comes up and stuff like that. Just mention this to them like, hey, like I'm just I'm like kind of exploring this, like really, really appreciate your support. But I really kind of want to like try and like figure it out right now on my own, frame it like that. Mm-hmm. So I think setting those boundaries where they're needed is probably going to be like what you'll have to do. What do you think? Yeah, I do agree. I uh, I am confused about I feel like I want more independence, but at the same time, I need their validation and approval for everything still, mm. whether that's like your mindset or whether that's that they think that, if that makes sense. I feel like maybe this person's struggling with the fact that they know that it's time for them to kind of step away mm. from their parents, but they have built that relationship where they crave the validation and they crave the like nurturing from their parents mm. in a way. And I think it is also important to know that you can have a middle ground there. Like yeah. you can be more independent while still going to your parents for like really hard things or like on really bad days mm. or when you're struggling or keeping them in the loop. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it can be really beautiful sometimes to look at your relationship with your parents as like a friendship, if that makes mm. sense. And that it is like, you know, a mutually beneficial relationship. It doesn't have to be all them helping you if that makes sense mm-hmm. which i think is sometimes the trap that all parties can get in you know fall into in that situation mm-hmm. and i feel like sometimes looking at that it that way can be a really positive way to think about it i definitely think that a conversation like needs to be had in order mm-hmm. for you all to feel a lot happier because it seems like you know you're getting frustrated I'm sure that's then obvious to your parents and then they probably, you know, aren't feeling the best yeah. as well. And so perhaps you can even lead with that and say like that you want your relationship to continue to be a really positive relationship and you can feel that you're getting frustrated at each other and that perhaps this is something that you can all work on mm. sort of thing rather than just being like, I need space from you. Like just yes. having that open conversation, yeah. if that makes sense. That feels like 
the most positive way to go about this from my perspective. Yeah, I feel like everyone has an opportunity to kind of like grow and have a healthier relationship really because you'll probably find that if you're not going to parents out of obligation or out of like fear or validation that you'll really enjoy going to them when you need them and when you want to go to them if that Mm. makes sense Mm -hmm. okay so our next question is what is your opinion on how long you should be in a relationship before getting married having kids moving in etc this one's very interesting to me because i feel like um well first of all everyone has very different opinions Mm. And from my perspective, I, for a long time, having not really been in a relationship in my life, I feel like I kind of like took on everyone else's opinions. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Because I was like, I don't have experience. Like I don't have the lived experience of it. Mm. And that's changed. I would even say it's changed a little bit over like the course of like before I got with my partner, but especially now that I'm with my boyfriend. What about you? I haven't really thought about it that much, but I Mm. feel like... I know so many people with so many different experiences mm. that I don't feel like the answer is like cut and dry. No, that makes it's not. sense. I think that, you know, like I have family friends who met on a first date, conceived a child, had the baby and are still very really? happy together, right? So their their relationship moved so quickly in that way. That's crazy. And they're I didn't still know that. they're still together and I think that, you know, then you you know I have friends who were together for like 10 years and then they got engaged Mm. sort of thing and I think it really really depends on the situation the circumstance yeah I do think there's something to be said for getting to know someone um and I think that like for example I'm living with my partner now and it's the first time I've lived with a partner before and I'm so glad that we you know not that I really want to have kids but Mm. I feel like I can't imagine committing to having a baby before living with someone yeah. just because I think that living with someone first of all it's such an enriching experience and it allows you to get to know them on such a deeper level in such a different way yeah and I do think that that is a great thing that in my personal opinion that's something that I would do before the other two if that yeah makes I sense. agree with that too I think that you're right like it's completely about person to person like your relationship dynamic who you are as individuals, who you are together, like what your goals are, like what you want. Mm. And, you know, I think as long as two people are being open, communicating very well, are aware of like, you know, maybe like everyone has issues. So aware of your issues, like aware of things that might be like going on, like maybe like, like and committed, like openly committed to communicating and working through problems. Mm. Like things can, you know, move faster and slower for some people but it doesn't necessarily mean one's bad and one's good yeah and i don't think that like you know we even see like you know people are like oh you can't move you can't move in and have a baby that quickly that's like not healthy but then you see people who have been together for like 15 years and like they haven't even proposed yet. he hasn't proposed yet like mm. that, well that's so weird and it's like we put all these like weird timelines on things mm. and i think the most important thing is you know just really trusting and being honest with yourself and your partner yeah i think when it comes to having kids because i was going to say the thing is is like moving in and getting married not ideal but you move in with someone you realize that you don't you know not don't want to be with them it's not Mm. working out like it's not right you move out getting married a bit more complicated but you know not forever you can just you can just you know divorce whatever (laughs) beauty of divorce having kids i would say is the one where i'm like i would think that 
I completely agree. You really want to get to know someone before any of these things because especially like the honeymoon period yeah. or like the, you know, just going from not knowing someone at all and just like getting to know who they are in like a conflict, who they are in times of stress, mm. who they are when things are bad or when things are good and seeing like all those things that naturally come up in relationships and understanding like who they are in good times as well as bad mm. um, is really, really telling. And having kids specifically because you're bringing another child into the world and it's permanent Mm. like (laughs) I think that's the one where I'm like I would say you know hold off a little bit Mm -hmm. if you can but at the same time like everyone's on a different journey everyone needs to trust their own relationship and their own instincts and stuff like that yeah and I think at the end of the day no one really knows what it's like to be in someone else's relationship yeah so and I say this to myself, like the the judgment that can come and stuff like that, the judgment that I that even I passed in the past, mm. it's like just I don't know, I just don't know if there's a place for it. Yeah. There can be a place for concern amongst friends, mm-hmm. but like I think at the end of the day we need to trust people that like they are being honest with themselves about their relationship and knowing yeah. what's best. Yeah, I agree. Okay, our next question is is it possible to forgive and forget? What are your experiences with forgiveness? I really like this question because I don't think I've thought about it much before we got it. Have you thought about this much? No, I haven't. So the first thing that came to mind is the Bad Blood lyric, you forgive, you forget, but you never let it go. <laughs> like Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Um, I think that it's definitely possible to forgive. Mm. I would say that it's actually unless like you phys- you physiologically bump your head and like can forget everything. Mm. I don't think it's really possible to forget. If we're talking about something that's like needs forgiveness, it's probably big enough that you're probably not going to actually forget about it. Does yeah. that make sense? But you can forget about it in the concept of it doesn't have to rule your relationship or your life anymore. Yeah, totally. If you've pr- truly forgiven. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. I do think it's hard to forget things because even things that, you know, have happened to me that other people have done like fucking literally happened 20 years ago I still remember it Mm. do you know what I mean yeah and I think that it's really hard to actually forget about something because you never know when it's going to pop up in your life you never know when you may be triggered you never know when you may may meet someone similar yes so many things like that and I really think like when you just said you never know when you're going to be triggered I think the really important thing with that is like if someone let's just say for an example two people have in a relationship and someone did something that required forgiveness right Mm. someone forgives the other person they might still get triggered by some things Mm -hmm. they might still have situations where like they get upset you're allowed to be like triggered and have feelings without you know meaning that you haven't forgiven someone if that makes sense because I think it goes back to what you just said you can forgive but like your mind and your body might not forget Mm. and that might take some time to kind of overcome so I guess I guess my answer is, like, I don't believe in forgive and forget mm. because I just don't think it's actually really possible to forget for our minds, yeah, to truly forget. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. In terms of what are my thoughts on forgiveness, like, I think that, you know, sometimes forgiveness can be actually a really beautiful release mm. for the person doing the forgiving, if that makes sense. A lot yes. of the time I feel like when I've forgiven people it's not because I've been like oh they deserve to be forgiven it's actually been like letting go of something Mm -hmm. rather than holding onto it and harboring that resentment and I think that you know I had like a era in my life where a lot of people treated me really shitty and I felt super like angry and resentful Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and I think that a part of you know forgiving someone and just like 
let is just like letting something go if that makes sense yeah and I've been really enjoying that letting go feeling yeah you know and I think that uh it's always up to you whether you want to forgive someone for something because different things hurt different people in different ways. Yes. Uh, but remind yourself that it can be something you do for yourself yeah. as well. Yeah. Forgiving someone doesn't mean you let them back in your life and give them another chance mm-hmm. to hurt you and that everything's okay. It can just mean I'm letting it go. But mm-hmm. in some situations, like you said, it's just not going to be something that's possible or that you want to do. And that's also fine. It just depends on how you feel really. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's my turn for a long one strap in just take a seat my seatbelt's on (laughs) i'm ready okay so this person said i've stopped visiting my sister's house after her partner verbally attacked me and this is not the first time he's done it he made a quote-unquote joke about me coming onto him while my sister was away i said to him that this is not funny to me and i don't want him to joke about me this way He then switched and started shouting in front of my 11-year-old nephew and my sister that he doesn't give a shit what I like and what I don't. He said that I'm a piece of shit and so many nasty things while my sister tried to tell him to leave me alone and was crying about it. He was very loud and nasty. He was also racist towards my partner. I didn't say anything back. I just took my bag and walked away. That's an iconic thing to do, like removing yourself from the situation. Mm -hmm. Good for you. A couple of hours after I had gone home, I had a phone call from my sister and she had just passed the phone to him and he started to apologize, said he really loved me like a sister and all of this. He said I made him feel small when I said I don't like the way he was joking with me. I said this does not give him the right to say all these nasty things to me and I told him that I don't feel like seeing him. A couple of months after, my sister wanted us to go out for lunch with both him and my partner too. I communicated with her that I uh, would love to see her and my nephew, but I don't feel comfortable seeing her partner. I always feel anxious around him and I just have no trust towards him. My sister then called me selfish and said I only think about myself. We have fallen out and it's hard to navigate this. Am I really selfish and should I just forget all the abuse or am I right for protecting myself in this way? Mm. I think that First of all, sorry this happened to you. Yeah, this is awful. I think that family dynamics can be so complex in this way. And I think it's really, really difficult because you don't want to let your sister down, Mm -hmm. like especially if you have a close relationship with them. But at the same time, you can't put yourself through things Mm. that harsh for Mm -hmm. other people and – the way that he said that you made him feel small is just the toxic masculinity. And it's not I can an apology. smell it from here. Yeah. 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 It's an excuse. And it's like the fact that as well, you know, your sister had to call and then put him on the phone mm-hmm. and then he apologized. I understand why it would feel like there wasn't heaps of sincerity in that and perhaps that you don't. And I understand why you don't want to see him for sure. Yeah, I completely understand. I think like I can wholeheartedly say you are not being selfish I think it's a really awful situation where like you know I understand why your sister I don't understand why she um called you selfish I think that's unfair I can understand why she'd be upset I'd imagine that maybe there's like a really hard push and pull for her right now between Mm -hmm. you and him and like you know it's her partner and you know the father of her child presumably and her sister and I'm sure it's a very hard position for her to, to be in, mm-hmm. but you need to ultimately put your safety and well-being first. Yes. And 
you said, like, you know, if he had done something like this once, I mean, like, once is bad enough. Yeah. But if he had genuinely apologized after doing it once and had, like, a very sincere apology and, like, showed that he was willing to change and, like, you know, try and make things right, Mm. I would be more inclined to say maybe for the sake of your relationship with your sister and your nephew that you could, you know, try something else. Yeah. But it sounds like it's a pattern and it sounds like he's not very sincere when he's saying it. Yeah. And also... I think there's something to be said for the fact that you're also protecting a partner who presumably is maybe a person of color or some sort of like, you know, minority. Mm. And cause this person's been racist towards them. Mm. Like that is so unfair. Mm-hmm. And like, I think, you know, while we can't protect our loved ones from everything, I do think that making sure that people who may be often discriminated against and not putting them in an unsafe place mm. is really important, especially when it comes to, your partner, someone mm. who you love and you're meant to take care of. Um, so in this whole scenario, I think it's a really – it's a huge shame that it's getting between you and your sister. Yeah. But I think you've done a really good job of putting up your boundaries and I think you should be fairly confident that you've done everything you can. Like you mm. said to your sister, I want to see you and I want to see my nephew. Like I don't want to give up these relationships, but I don't want to see him. Mm. And I think that is completely fair enough. Yeah, and I think that it also will help your sister and hopefully your sister's partner understand hopefully the severity of his behavior if Mm. that makes sense because I think that sometimes holding people accountable is so important yeah because if you you say okay yeah I'll see you sorry Mm. sorry I'll see you yeah sorry if you felt I was being selfish yada yada it almost reinforces that it's okay Mm -hmm. you know and that you perhaps will forgive again if that happens and I think that by standing your ground in that situation I think it's really important because it encourages her and encourages her partner, hopefully, to, Reflect. I don't know if he will, but, yeah. you know, think about it, mm. you know, because, you know, it's pretty disappointing the way that you're being treated in the first place. Well, in the first place, it's very disappointing. Mm. But even then, we're trying to set a boundary and being called selfish. That is disappointing yeah. in itself. Yeah, and I do have, you know, and I am I'm, I am assuming, and, like, I could be completely wrong, but, like, you know, usually these behaviours don't exist in a vacuum, like, from people like this, so from this man who reacted like this to you. Mm. And so I do feel that if your sister's in a scenario where maybe that's the level of disrespect she might experience in mm. certain situations, like, that would be hard. And I know a lot of people in um, unsafe relationships will try and keep the peace with the person who's you know, making the issue Mm -hmm. because it's easier than, you know, going against them and it's safer. But at the same time, like, again, you need to prioritize your safety and well-being Mm -hmm. and mental health as well as your partners to an extent. Mm -hmm. So it just, there is no cut and dry black and white, uh, like answer, which Mm -hmm. is the really shitty thing, because like you said, Ducky, the family dynamics are so hard and there's only so much you can do before Mm -hmm. you, at the end of the day, have to say, well, I'm not going to put myself, you know, in the way of abuse. Yeah. Um, sure. Just to keep the peace. Anyway, that is going to bring us to the end of today's Unprofessional Opinions episode. What a huge episode. Huge episode. Roller coaster of an episode. I hope you enjoyed and got something from it, even a small nugget of advice. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions you have ever wanted Get us to in. answer on this podcast, <laughs> make sure you send us a DM. Keep an eye on our Instagram as well for our Unprofessional Opinions question box that I'm sure will pop up soon because... It's almost time. Yeah. Send them in any time. Even if you don't see the the question box, we'll collect them over the next month before we do the last episode. Yes. Send them in. 
there's no question too big or too small. The only ones that we tend not to answer is if we've already answered them multiple times. But mm. even then, we might it's still our last answer episode. Them. We might go a bit rogue. We love to waffle on. Yes. So just send them in anyway. anyway. Yeah. As always, thank you for being here, for supporting our podcast. We appreciate it so much. A reminder, if you've ever wanted to get your hands on some TBH pod merch, it's approaching the last couple of months to do so. Actually, probably last month to do yeah. so. So jump on the website. Stock is selling out very quickly and we don't want you to miss out. Hope you have a beautiful day and we'll be in your ears next week with another episode. Bye. Love you. Bye.